I'm Stephen Gregory Smith. And I'm Matt Connor. Gather around the campfire, everyone. It's time for... The Connor and Smith Show. Tell us a story. Well, we are talking today to Rachel Chris, direction, direction, director of education. I was putting the shun on the direct. Anyway, Rachel Chris, director of education for the Salem Witch Museum. Um, we're really excited to have her on. We've been talking to her for some time now, and. Hopefully we'll make the trip to visit the museum when we can. It's definitely a place that uh, lots of people have always said to us, you've got to go. My parents have went, actually. Um, and so I can't wait for the time in the future where it feels safe to do that for us. Um, but we will uh, take a little commercial break and then we'll be right back. From award-winning journalist and author, Michael Lee Pope, The Ghosts of Alexandria. His spellbinding book tells of historical intrigue, the brutal beginnings of a port city, romances that end in tragedy, restless spirits like the tomb of the female stranger who's said to haunt Gadsby's Tavern, and the three falling ghosts of the Carlisle House. Explore the supernatural journey of the Ghosts of Alexandria, available at ArcadiaPublishing.com. For generations, people in Fairfax, Virginia have heard tales of the Bunny Man. Now, Bunny Man Brewing offers a tasty array of high-quality microbrews with a rotation of unique flavors. Come by to have a sample and maybe even catch a glimpse of the legendary hopper. But bring a friend, because you don't ever want to drink alone. Check our hours and see what's on tap at BunnyManBrewing.com. Rachel, this is Steven. Hi, how are you? I'm good. I'm here with my husband, Matt. Hello. Hello. Hello, almost Boston, I think. <laughs> close enough. Very close. So, Rachel, um, you work at the Salem Witch Museum. Yes. Um, so, can you just give us a little overhead about the museum itself? Of course, we know it centers around the witch trials of 1692, but... Um, when was the, how long has the museum been around? So we're actually just on the edge of our 50th anniversary, uh, which will be next year in May. Uh, oh, wow. The museum was founded in 1972. So it's actually uh, the oldest museum in Salem to tell the story of the Salem witch trials. Wow. Um, and, you know, hopefully there'll be no COVID uh, yeah. repercussions for that event. That, that'll be really cool. Um, and the building itself, uh, was it what was it before it was a museum? So the building also has a really uh, cool history kind of aside from our museum. It was built in the 19th century in the 1840s. Um, and it was actually the second Unitarian Church of Salem originally. Uh, oh, so wow. its first life, it was a church. Um, it remained a church for years and years. And then the congregation was sort of disbanding. The church ended up um, unifying with the first church of Salem, which it had originally split off from. Uh, the building kind of falls into disrepair from there and is abandoned. 
And then for a period of time, it's an antique car museum, which is kind of funny. Um, just especially given the layout of the interior of the building, it's funny to imagine cars in here. Um, it's this kind of Americana auto museum. And then there's an interior fire, which ruins that museum. Um, and it becomes the Salem Witch Museum in 1972. Wow, you could have a museum about the museum. <laughs> <laughs> and we're, uh, you know, that's just the building itself. The land on which the museum stands has a connection to the Salem Witch Trials. This is where one of the ministers in 1692 lived and his daughter who lived with him is accused of witchcraft. So it really, you know, it kind of just keeps going. It's a really neat area of Salem. If we were to visit, what would be some of your um, key things to, to spot in the museum? So we're um, kind of not your traditional museum. Uh, we're not the traditional walkthrough gallery type. Uh, we're presentation based. So it's a two part presentation. The first takes place in a large auditorium, which was actually the main um, you know, meeting space for the congregation when this building was a church. Uh, so visitors who uh, come to our museum, sit down in this auditorium and see um, an audiovisual presentation all about the Salem Witch Trials. So it's intended to be very immersive. It takes you through the events of 1692, kind of main point to main point and shows you, um, you know, what happened, you know, who are the main people involved? How do things get so out of control? What goes on? How does it come to an end? Um, and then from there, visitors go into a second presentation, which is all about the evolving image of the witch and the European witch trials. So this is a little bit more of a familiar walkthrough type space. It's still presentation based, but visitors see some artifacts. They see some tableaus. They learn about why witches have green skin and the European witch trials that lead up to um, the colonial witch trials in um, North America. And then they end by hearing about uh, what the word witch hunt means and how that can be used to understand more contemporary examples in history. Yeah, I'm, I'm really drawn to that. Of course, I, I, as you know, we wrote a show called Witch back right. in 2018. Um, and, and really the fascinating things of not only through history, but all over the world to this day, the things that are going on in certain right. countries, um, it's, it's, heartbreaking and uh, hard to wrap your head around right you know um yeah, even just the the word itself has taken such a um a stereotypical um person who is against like you know not, i don't want to say maybe a normal society you know someone who um is filled mystical spells and blah 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 right um we were just talking last night with a, a female presbyterian minister about the um the witch of endor mm. who appears in what book was it first samuel first samuel in the old testament in the old testament right. and it, it was saul went to her for like advice advice um but you know who would have ever thought there's a witch in the bible um right but they're everywhere throughout time. And really, we were like, what does that actually mean to you when you read it? Did he just really go to a very knowledgeable woman for advice? Yep, probably. What Did, did they have to call her the Witch of Endor? I mean, for purposes of whatever. Um, it's, it's just a, a fascinating thing 
throughout the globe, the phenomenon exists in every language. You know what I mean? Right. right. And it's it's very interesting that, I mean, if you're looking into the Bible, the the word witch really doesn't start to appear until you start to see, um, you know, like later translations. I believe it's King James who translates the passage, thou shall not suffer a witch to live. It's in the King James Bible is where you start to see witch pop up, um, you know, in, I believe. And it's interesting if you go back and look at what that word was in the original Hebrew versions, it means something more akin to poisoner. So this is a term that really changes and evolves over time um, as our con concepts of the kind of natural world around us change. Um, and that's a, you know, whole kind of separate, long, um, very interesting thought. But yeah, the word witch has really meant something very different as time goes on, and it continues to take on new meanings today. Absolutely. Um, I mean, when we were writing witch, I, I used to say this show was brought to you by Chardonnay and MSNBC. <laughs> um, okay, we're going to take a, a chance here to play you a song that was from our musical witch that is about the Salem witch trial. This is voiced through the eyes of Rebecca Nurse. It's sung by Flo Lacey. Um, and this song was written using the words of Rebecca Nurse's testimony in the actual witch trials. So this is Innocent from Witch. I can say before my eternal 
back to the show. Huge difference between your European witch trials uh, versus your American witch trials? Yeah, so it kind of depends on a lot of a lot of the um, kind of differences between the witch trials um, has a lot to do with where you are and who's trying you. So, for example, England is actually pretty tame, you know, with air quotes around it, but they're they're pretty good in terms of witch trials in that they don't get out of control easily. And there are some notable exceptions, Salem being, you know, as an English colony is one of the biggest exceptions. You've got Matthew Hopkins, who's the Witchfinder General. He, you know, is causing, you know, havoc for a little while there. But um, England, as a general rule of thumb, they really demanded a strict standard of evidence to be able to prosecute someone and execute someone for witchcraft. You had to really be able to prove your case. Whereas in other areas, particularly places like the Holy Roman Empire, um, you can you see uh, where the uh, judicial control is weaker. It's much easier to just kind of mob justice, point to someone and say, she's a witch, use uh, you know, a folk test to prove it, like swimming a witch or dunking a witch or, um, you know, using uh, various forms of torture to get them to confess and then killing them. So the places that you see huge witch trials are those areas that tended to have these moments, at least, of very weak judicial control. And those it tended to be the Holy Roman Empire is where you see the biggest witch trials take place, which is, for the most part, modern day Germany. Wow. Yeah, I mean, I, I remember doing the, the research for this show uh, was, I mean, I, I was going to write a different show than I ended up writing. And that's because the cultural events that happened during the writing of the show, like between the Me Too movement and Hillary. And it, the show I was going to write was going to be a lot more whimsical and kind mm -hmm. of fun and have like uh, mythic kind of stories like Baba Yaga or whatever else. And then it was like, well, all this real stuff is kind of more interesting to me because right. I, I'm, I'm not interested in fairy tales at this point. I'm interested in injustice right. and, and uh, just really examining. So we, we looked at a whole bunch of different legends, including Mole Dyer, who is around this area who, um, you know, was a basically a, a healer who, an herbalist who prescribed uh, herbs and roots for the people of the village until one day, and they loved her because what she did worked, till somebody right. said, hey, this is fishy. <laughs> Something's wrong here. How does she know <laughs> the difference in those mushrooms? Right. right. She must be a witch. So then they <laughs> chased her from her house in the middle of winter, and she froze to death against a rock. As the, the story goes, and you can still see her handprint on this rock in wow. Leonardtown, Maryland. And I guess she uh, got her revenge because statistically, Leonardtown, Maryland is where more lightning strikes than anywhere else in the state. <laughs> Just a fun tidbit. Um, they've done so much to appease her spirit over the past, like, I don't know, 50 years. They renamed a road for her. They like moved her rock to a prominent location <laughs> like okay we have to take a pause now that we mentioned mall dyer uh we have to play the song from which called mall dyer 
which basically is a, a fantastic song that actually tells the story in the song of Ma Dyer. Yeah, we want to get to her rock. We're not sure if we'll be able to or not, depending on our schedules. But if we're not able to, then this covers Mall Dyer. So enjoy Mall Dyer from Witch, sung by Catherine Purcell and the cast of Witch. The tale of Mall Dyer, Maryland, 1697. Mall Dyer had a hut deep in the wood Not a bunch of space, still she loved to place And she used it all for good Mall Dyer had a garden in the back Where she grew and knew what those herbs would do And she knew she had the knack And she'd say, oh no Let's see, how can I phrase this? Like in a less educational way, but almost for the camp of the, the witch trials. Like do some people show up and you're like, okay, this is not the place where we are sort of having an everyday Halloween party. 
um, or do people usually come there knowing that with reverence, with reverence of the thing, or is there a blend of the two? I'd say there's definitely a blend and it also depends on the time of year. So for example, over the summer, you tend to see, you know, a greater shift in people who are here really interested in learning about the history and kind of have, you know, at least one foot in the door with the history. Maybe they read the crucible, maybe they, you know, they know a little something about it and want to learn more. Uh, but as we kind of get into the fall season, Halloween has become, you know, this kind of major draw coming to Salem, you know, and it right. started, uh, you know, this kind of fun fall festival that's just grown and grown and grown. And um, so, you know, this time of year, we tend to see people who are here specifically because they love Halloween. Right. But the really interesting thing about the word witch is, it's unlike any other topic, you know, any other historical topic I can really think of because there are these two sides to it that live together always, you know, in our modern world. There's the history, which is really dark and really fascinating and really sad. And then there's also this kind of, for lack of a better term, magical side of it, you know, this witch who lives in our cultural memory, who has changed and evolved, who is, is beloved in our cultural memory. You know, it's Glinda the Good Witch and it's Samantha Stevens and it's Hermione Granger. And it's, you know, it's this kind of ever-growing, ever-changing word, which, you know, how many kids are growing up wanting to be Hermione Granger? I did. I loved Harry Potter when I was a kid. That's really, um, you know, when I found the history of witchcraft, what got me kind of interested in learning more is I loved the whimsical side of the witch. Right. So, you know, and what other historical topic has that dichotomy? You know what I mean? And um, so the kind of interesting thing about Salem is so many people come here because of the pop culture witch and because that holds a really special place for them. And then they end up you know, learning about the history of the witch trials while they're here. So, you know, some people think it's this horrible thing, the the two definitions of the witch existing together in Salem and, you know, find Halloween to be really disrespectful and things like that. And I will argue and I will always argue that I think that they're terms that must exist together. And as people who live and work in Salem, it's our job to kind of lay that out for people. You can come here and you can, um, you know, explore what the word which means in all of its uh, different definitions. You can kind of see it laid out on the continuum. And hopefully you leave understanding at least a little bit more about what that word means. Right. So, you know, I don't care if people come through our museum dressed in Halloween costumes and are here because they wanted to do a girls weekend to Salem in October. That's fine. They came here, you know, and they're going to go through our museum and see our presentation, which doesn't change. And maybe they'll walk out the door saying, oh, my gosh, I didn't realize this and I didn't understand this and be a little bit more educated on the topic. See, I think what you just said uh, is why I, when when we were working on this witch show, and I started to keep going back to it, it's just that this is still triggering things right. in my memory of this, the witch protest group um, mm -hmm. that yep. came around in the 60s and right. the 70s. They, they married the two aspects of the word, the right. two aspects together, as in they, they carried the brooms, they dressed in black, but they were there about very real things and they got right. noticed. Right. Um, 
and they they what they in protest put a hex on the New York yeah. Stock Exchange. Yeah, yep. sort of almost using the word to take it back. back. Yeah, right. Well, and you see a lot of groups doing that, especially it's really starting in the 60s and 70s, right? You see um, when the neo-pagan movement really comes to the U.S. and explodes, you see um, spirituality groups, these kind of female spirituality groups really embracing the word witch, um, which is another really amazing, powerful thing, because statistically, women were more likely to be accused of witchcraft than men. This is one of those things that women were considerably more susceptible. Um, and because of this, I think that um, the term witch can be really empowering to women when we take it back. Um, and that's something people really started to explore, you know, as a religious term. And that has just continued to explode today. You know, the amount of people who call themselves witches as a spiritual designation today is amazing. And it's another you know, completely valid use of the word. It's just letting this term continue to grow and expand and hold memory and um, importance for us today. Do you have a, a set of events coming up for the fall that's a little bit different than your just your regular hours, like a special blah, blah, blah for October? Yeah, I was going to say, what's your... What should we plug here? What's your deal with uh, COVID and, and October and everything? So normally in October, we try to do like one in-person event, maybe two if we're really pushing it. Um, but kind of one of the uh, silver linings of COVID in a way is, is it's forced us to go digital. And that's been really great. We've been doing virtual events all year uh, for the past you know year and a half. Um, and we've gotten like rave reviews because it makes the museum more accessible. So people who are all over the country and all over the world can tune into our events um, we do uh, free events and paid events uh, the year. We did one in February of this year about race in the Salem witch trials, and that's free on YouTube. We did one uh, this summer about Japanese internment and talking about our witch hunt wall and the formula for a witch hunt, and that's free on YouTube. Uh, in the fall this year, we're going to do one uh, virtual event, which is with these amazing women who are called the Grounded Good Wives. And they are these absolutely hilarious women who are so smart and so wonderful and um, so just really fun to watch. And they're going to come and talk about what it was like to be a woman in the 17th century. Uh, so that's a paid event. We're selling tickets for it right now. You can buy them directly through our website. And I'm honestly really excited to get to watch this event. It's going to be a ton of fun. Oh, cool. That sounds exciting. And, and we can uh, direct people to, what's your website again, just so people know? Yep, it's SalemWitchMuseum.com. That's easy enough to remember. Yeah. Yep. Um, well, Rachel, thank you so much for chatting up the museum. And everyone at home can either like pack your bags, plan a trip to Salem this October, or hit them up digitally and check out what they have to offer. Uh, I, I, you know some of the only few good things to come out of COVID have been these digital explorations from different companies that really bring the world to your, your doorstep in a way, you know? Right. Do you have an online like gift shop for merchandise? We do. Yep. It's through our website. Um, you know, again, SalemWitchMuseum.com. We have an online store, which we're constantly adding to and shifting around and things like that. We've got oh, a cool. great online bookstore if anybody's interested in books. Oh, great. We'll take a look at that. Absolutely. Well, thank you so much, Rachel. I really enjoyed our, our chat and we'll talk to you soon.
All right. It was nice to, you know, speak with you. Absolutely. Take care. You too. Bye. Well, that was a really fantastic uh, witch power uh, chat. Chat. We love talking to Rachel. It's been a long time in the making. So thank, thank you, you so much. Yeah, absolutely. We'll put the museum's link in the description. And um, if you want to find out more about us, please look up www.connor with an er smithmusicals.com. Um, you can also find us on Facebook under Connor and Smith. Please rate, review, subscribe to this podcast. Check out our merch store, too. We'll put a link in that in the chat for that. Or in the chat. Oh, my God, I'm so used to Zooming. In the description uh, to the merch store, because we've got some really cool stuff in there for fall. Um, anything else you want to say, Maddie? Nope, I think that's it. I guess we just say never stop questioning. questioning. Bye, everybody. Bye. Bye.